Well, good morning, Abundant Life Church. How are you? Good to see you guys here. Good to see you here, Scott, Pastor Scott. Yes, right in the front row. My gosh, what's up with this? Hey, would you help me? Would you help me welcome Sandy in Vancouver and the people watching online? Would you help me do that or campuses? Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. I want to begin by having you repeat something after me today. I want you to repeat this with great enthusiasm and great gusto, okay? Today is a gift given to me by my creator. And what I do with it is my gift back to him. Therefore, I will make it a masterpiece. I hope you believe that. I hope you believe that every day you are given is a gift that's given to you by God and that we have the incredible privilege and opportunity to present it back to him as a work of art, as a masterpiece, and to recognize that every day is so extremely valuable. When's the last time you had a thought like this? Today may be the last day of my life. When's the last time you woke up or maybe were going through the day and the thought occurred, this could be the last day that I spend on this earth? My guess is for most of you, you haven't had that thought in a long time. Now, some of you maybe, but I'll, I'll bet most of you haven't had that thought in a long time. And we know it's true. We, we know that any day could be our last day. It's just that we don't think it. In fact, we know it's true, and we want to believe it's true for everybody else, just not about us. And so we try our best to avoid the topic of, of, uh, you know, this being the last day. And so today, I want to begin a series called Masterpiece and talk about how every day really should be a masterpiece because it is a gift given to us by God. There's a couple of reasons why I'm doing this series right now. One is because of what you just stated, because every day is a gift that God gives to us. And so what we do with it is our gift back to him, so we should strive to make it a masterpiece. The second reason that I'm doing this is because this is the last series that I'm going to do just by myself before Pastor Jeremy gets here, and uh, we're going to begin teaching together uh, in and around September. And so this is the last series. So I want you to be here for every message in this series. How many of you say, yeah, I'm going to be here for every message? Come on, help me feel good. Okay, good, good, good. All right, good. Great, great, great. It's a nine-week series, so it's going to seem like forever, okay? And so that's okay. It'll, it'll go by quick. And every one of these is a standalone. But this is a very practical series. And, and because it is the last one I'm doing, just, just me, I'm going to talk about some themes that, that I want to talk about that, that are very important, and it's very practical. In fact, I've taught this series before under another title, but I wanted to come back around to it because it's where I'm living right now, and it's what I want for you. And so I, I want you to, to take what we're teaching in this series and apply it to your life. If, if you remember the series, that's okay. That's, that's great. You, it's worth hearing again, okay? If you were here and you forgot... That's okay. I understand. People forget. I can't remember what I've taught. You know, by Wednesday, I forget, so I can understand. If you're, if you're new and you've just been coming for a relatively short period of time, then I'm so glad you're here. And I hope that you'll take this series and that you will apply this to your life and, and really strive to make every day a masterpiece. And so now back to the point. How many of you would agree that it's too late for yesterday? Raise your hand. It's too late for yesterday. And how many of you would agree that we have no certainty about tomorrow? Tomorrow has no guarantees. And so all you and I have is today. 
And so we need to strive to make every day a masterpiece as opposed to a day that falls to pieces. I, I love this statement that live every day as if it is your last because one day you will be right. Live every day as if it is your last day on this earth, because honestly, one day you will be right. And the, and the Bible talks to us about this. This theme really comes up quite often in the Bible. James chapter 4, for example. He says, look here, you people who say, today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a town and stay there a year and open up a profitable business. How do you know what's going to happen tomorrow? He says, for the length of your lives is as uncertain as the morning fog. Now you see it, soon it's gone. What you ought to say is if the Lord wants us to, we shall live and do this or that. I remember my first ministry. Uh, I was around 20 years old. It was back in North Carolina. And I was sitting in a funeral service, and the pastor of the church was, you know, conducting the service, and he was talking. And, and he did something that probably you've seen before, but he was talking about the brevity of life, and he took a match and, and just struck it, and, and then he put it out. And he stood there, and, and then when the, the smoke had disappeared, he says, that's it. That's about the length of your life on this earth. It's here today. It's gone tomorrow. Make sure that's out. And the Bible reminds us of that over and over again. Here's another passage that says basically the same thing. Lord, help me to realize how brief my time on earth will be. And help me to know that I'm here but for a moment more. See, we don't think in terms like that often. We think today is just one of many, 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 many more days to come. But the Bible says just, just realize they're short. In fact, this is your memory verse for this week. Let's read this together. Those of you at our campuses, let's, let's read this together. Teach us how short our lives really are so that we may be wise. Let's read it one more time. Teach us how short our lives really are so that we may be wise. Circle that word wise. How do we live our lives in such a way? How do we live today so that we live it in a way that would be characterized as being wise? Because this is what I think oftentimes happens as we, as we live out our days. We, we tend to over-exaggerate yesterday. We tend to over-exaggerate yesterday. We, we, we go through our day, and, and we, we stop, and we start over-exaggerating all the things that took place yesterday. Have you ever made the statement, I just wish we could go back to the good old days? Anybody here ever say that? Just wish we could go back to the good old days. When you and I both know that if we go back to the good old days, only to go back to realize they really weren't that good. <laughs> right? I mean, I think back to our good old days. It sounds romantic and all that stuff, but we, honestly, we lived in a mobile home park, and, and it was rented, and I was making 75 bucks a week. Or was it a month? It was, you know, it wasn't much. And, I mean, it was great, but, it, you know, the good old days, I'm not so sure. Just wish we could go back to the good old days. We over-exaggerate the past. Some people, when they over-exaggerate the past, they over-exaggerate their past failures. And they over-exaggerate their past mistakes. And sure, they could have been horrendous. They could have been big. But so many people get stuck there. Do you know anybody who's stuck in the past? People who just kind of define their life by a past mistake? a past sin or a past failure. And so they over-exaggerate past mistakes and failures. Sometimes people get stuck in the past and over-exaggerate the past by over-exaggerating past successes and accomplishments. 
and achievements. And they hold on to the trophies of yesteryear. If I could just go back to the high school days or just go back to the college days. How many of you still have your college trophies or high school trophies? You know, we want to hold on to those things. And so we tend to over-exaggerate yesterday. But not only that, we tend to overestimate tomorrow. So we not only over-exaggerate yesterday, but sometimes we aren't wise when we overestimate tomorrow and we stop and think, man, you know, if, if, you know, when this happens, then I'll be happy. When this happens, then life will be great. And I can remember doing that. And I bet some of you, some of the, you know, the students in here and, and some of you young adults or whatever, you can maybe think back to, to a time when, you know, when I get out of the house and get to college, then I'll be happy. When, when I graduate from college and, and get my first job, then I'll be happy. When I find the right person, then I'll be happy. When, when we get married and have kids, then we will be happy. When those kids are gone and out of the house <laughs> and we don't have all that noise around anymore, then we'll be happy. When we get grandkids, then we'll be happy. When we retire and get into another season of life, then we'll be happy. And it's always when and then. And we overestimate tomorrow, thinking that, ah, I just wish tomorrow would come. And so we end up missing today. One of my favorite writings relative to this whole idea of missing today because we're focused so much tomorrow is by Robert Hastings. And he wrote this. He says, tucked away in our subconscious mind is a vision of the ideal. We see ourselves on a long trip that spans the continent. We're traveling by train. And out the windows, we drank in the passing scene. But uppermost in our mind is the final destination. On a certain day, at a certain hour, we will pull into the station. Bands will be playing and flags will be waving. And once we get there, so many wonderful dreams will come true. And the pieces of our lives will all come together. How restlessly we pace the aisle waiting for the station. When we reach the station, that will be it, we cry. When I'm 18, when I get that new house, when we put the kids through college, when I've paid off the mortgage, when I reach the age of retirement, then we shall live happily ever after. Sooner or later, we must realize there is no station, no one place to arrive once and for all. The true joy of life outdistances us. So stop pacing the aisles and counting the miles. Instead, climb more mountains, eat more ice cream, go barefoot more often, swim more rivers, watch more sunsets, laugh more, cry less. Life must be lived as we go along. A good motto is, cherish the moment. So many times we miss today because we're overestimating tomorrow. And then what happens many times is we, we underestimate today. We underestimate today. Because we've overestimated yesterday or we over-exaggerate or overestimate tomorrow. And, and we miss today. But yet this is the only one that we really have in our grasp. But so many times people let it slip through their fingers. In my quiet time the other day I was reading, and I bet a bunch of you have read this too because I know you, you share the same devotional, where the author said the highest level of trust is to enjoy God moment by moment and day by day. But how many times do we not enjoy God 
because we're fretting over yesterday or we're worried about tomorrow. And so we miss today. Yet David said in the Psalms, he says, this is the day the Lord has made. This is the day that I should rejoice and be glad. Ralph Waldo Emerson said this, one of the illusions of life is that the present hour is not the critical, decisive hour. Write it on your heart that every day is the best day in the year. No man has learned anything rightly until he knows that every day is doomsday. I came across this, this writing called the, the uh, Builder's Creed, the Life Builder's Creed. Listen to this. Today is the most important day of my life. Yesterday, with its successes and victories, struggles and failures, is gone forever. The past is past, done, finished. I cannot relive it. I cannot go back and change it. But I will learn from it and improve my today. Today, this moment, right now, it's God's gift to me. It's all I have. Tomorrow, with all of its joys and sorrows, triumphs and troubles, isn't here yet. Indeed, tomorrow may never come. Today is what God has entrusted to me. It's all that I have. I will do my best in it. I will demonstrate the best of me in it, my character, giftedness, and abilities to my family and friends and associates. I will identify those things that are most important to do today. And those things I will do until they are done. And when this day is done, I will look back with satisfaction at that which I have accomplished. Then... And only then will I plan my tomorrow, looking to improve upon today with God's help. Then I shall go to sleep in peace, content, knowing I did my best today. This is the only day that we're promised. Can't change yesterday. Tomorrow's not guaranteed. And so how will you make today a masterpiece? Let me ask you a question. How often do you have a great day? How often do you have a great day? On a scale of 1 to 10, you know, 1 sucks and 10 is amazing. Where are you on the scale? How often do you have a great day? Well, some of you are probably asking, I don't know, because I'm not sure what a great day would be. Which leads me to another question. How do you define a great day? How do you define a great day? Was, was it a great day because you were able to check off everything on your to-do list? Was it a great day because you got to spend the day with your spouse? Was it a great day because you got to sleep in? Was it a great day because you got to go to the new Killer Burger? <laughs> you know, what, what makes it a great day? Sometimes we don't know what makes it a great day. And so let's begin today here with this topic. I have today, so make it a masterpiece. How would you like to be able to live every day in such a way that you sensed a growing relationship with your Heavenly Father? How would you like to be able to live every day in such a way that you felt like your life had meaning and purpose? How would you like to live every day with a sense of inner peace? How would you like to live every day knowing that you're living out the things that are most important to you? Because I think those are the things that begin to bring into focus what it means to have a great day. And it really comes down to what you do today. And by that, I don't mean 
your to-do list. I don't mean that you need to go out and buy a, a day planner, although there's nothing wrong with that, and there's nothing wrong with to-do list. In fact, I would encourage you to do that. I'm talking about something much, much bigger than that. If you can back away from that for just a moment, this is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about how you and I need to make big decisions once and manage them daily. You and I need to come to a place in our life where we make big decisions one time and then learn to manage those decisions on a daily basis. And, and again, I don't know what your big decisions are. I'm going to talk a little bit about that next week when I talk about the importance of our values. But what are your big decisions that, that you need to make and then begin to manage? Because what you and I have to understand is this. Every day of your life is preparation for the next day. You are preparing for something. Every one of us here is preparing for something. The question is, what are you preparing for? Are you preparing for success or are you preparing for failure? Are you preparing for anxiety or are you preparing for peace? Are you preparing for a life of fulfillment or are you preparing for a life of emptiness? What are you preparing for? Proverbs 6 gives us some great insight. The writer says, you lazy fool, look at the ant. Watch it closely. You ever watch ants? They never stop. Isn't that right? They never, ever stop. Let it teach you a thing or two. And I'm not suggesting that you never stop, okay? Just, just taking the analogy too far. Nobody has to tell it what to do. All summer it stores up food, and it harvests its, its stockpiles, its provisions. So how long are you going to laze around doing nothing? How, how long before you get out of bed, a nap here, a nap there, a day off here, a day off there, sit back, take it easy? Do you know what comes next? Just this. You can look forward to a dirt poor life, poverty, your permanent house guest. And so he's talking about preparing and, and making use of today that God's given to us. And so why is it important that you and I prepare? There's lots of reasons. Let me just give you two answers. Preparation today, it gives me confidence tomorrow. When, when you and I take today to prepare for tomorrow, not overestimating tomorrow, but preparing for tomorrow, it gives confidence for tomorrow. Now, I've got to be real honest with you. As all of you know, it's no secret that Ann and I are in a transition season in our life. And so I'm doing a lot of thinking and, and asking a lot of questions in, in the hopes of being prepared for tomorrow so that I can have confidence stepping into our future. Because to be real honest, we don't have all the questions answered. And we've got probably more questions than we have answers. And so my personality sometimes doesn't deal with that really, really well. If, if you know me, those of you who know me, on, on the DISC profile, the D-I-S-C, I'm a very high S personality and a very high C personality. The S personality in me is what's so sweet and nice, okay? It's why you like me so much, okay? <laughs> I mean, really, seriously, we are, uh, the S's are most like Jesus, okay? So <laughs> if, if, if you are an S personality, then I know you're like Jesus, okay? But the C part of me is very cautious, is, is very questioning, and, and, is, and is sometimes, you know, is very concerned about the future. 
And so I'm waking up like every morning and asking these questions and saying, man, I want you to look at this and think about this. And, 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 and I went so far because I'm old school. I asked her, I said, do you have any graph paper? And she said, yeah. <laughs> and I said, give me the graph paper. And so I'm taping graph paper together. I, I've, I've taped like four or five pieces. And it's because I'm old school and because I don't know how to work Excel. And so if anybody here knows how to use Excel, do you know how to use Excel? Would you teach me how to use Excel? And, and I would love you to death if you do that because it would be so much easier to do that. But anyway, I've got all these pieces of graph paper. It's probably like three or four or five feet long that well, I've laid out like the next 10 years. And I'll wake up one morning. I woke up saying, hey, listen, I woke up thinking about this. And she says, where is your faith? Where's your faith? I said, I've got faith. It's just calculated faith, okay? It's calculated. And so I'm asking all these questions. But one of the reasons is because I need to prepare so that I can have some sense of confidence going into this next season. It's true for all of us. And here's number two. Preparation today, it gives me success for tomorrow. It gives me success for tomorrow. The reality is all of us here can live our lives in one of two ways. And the reality is all of us here is living our life in one of two ways. You're either living by default or you're living by design. One or the other. You're living by default or you're living by design. I've got to be real honest. Most people that I talk with and, and, and uh, do life with and work with, they're kind of living by default. In other words, whatever happens, happens. And there's no preparation for the future. And they just kind of let life happen to them. As opposed to living life by design. And cooperating with God. And using the brain and the mind and the reasoning ability that he gave us. To partner with him in designing the future. Everybody here has heard of cause and effect, right? Where do you think most people live their life? On the cause side or the effect side? I would say, again, from my experience, a lot of people, I don't know if I can say most, but a lot of people live their life on the effect side. And that's why we have a culture where everybody blames everybody else for their problem. If it wasn't for my parents, then I would be okay. If I hadn't been raised in this culture or that city or that environment, then I'd be okay. You know, if it wasn't for my boyfriend, or if he hadn't said that, or if he hadn't done that, then I would have done this. And so everything is a result of what somebody else has done, and so therefore I'm free to blame everybody else for my situation. As opposed to, no, God has given you and me the ability to think and to reason, to, to you know, exercise logic, and, and all these abilities to where we can have more of a part in that and live on the cost side of that. Design or default, whichever one. And, and so you and I have to understand that, that we have a say in this. And preparation today gives me some success tomorrow. I love what Jim Rohn said. Jim, he, he died, I don't know, maybe a year or two ago. He says, if you don't plan your life, then guess what? Other people will plan it for you. And guess what they have in store for you? Not much. <laughs> Not much. And so I, my, my encouragement is to cooperate with God and invite him to help you as you live your life every day to make it a masterpiece as opposed to just letting life happen and wonder why things are the way they are. 
So let me give you three ingredients necessary to make everyday a masterpiece. The first one is decisions. Decisions. In other words, you and I have to decide what's important to us. How important is my relationship with God? How important is my relationship to my spouse? How important is my relationship to my sons, to my grandchildren? How important is my financial health? How important is my physical health? I've got to make decisions about that stuff. And you and I have the freedom to do that. I think one of the greatest gifts that God has given to you and me is the ability to choose. Make decisions. You realize that the average person makes over 35,000 decisions a day? Isn't that crazy? I mean, gosh, how many of you made the decision to come here today? Sure, most of you. Some of you were dragged here and had no say in the matter. <laughs> you know? And, but, but we do. We make decisions all the time. And so we have to decide what really matters to me, what's, what's really important to me in my life, and to make the decision. And once we make the decision, the next word is we have to take some action. We have to take action. I've often said that the, the biggest gap that exists today in the lives of most people, including my own, is the gap between what I know and what I do. Right? I mean, how many of you would agree that you know a whole lot more than what you do? Okay, nobody? Okay, all right. How many of you would agree that, that most of us are educated way beyond our level of obedience? We are. We know just a whole lot more than what we do. And so at some point, once we've made the decision that I want to be closer to God, that I want to have a better marriage, that I want to be out of debt, or whatever the decision is, once I've made the decision, at some point I need to step into action. In fact, I would illustrate it like this. Everybody in this room, I would suspect, you know, has dreams and um, goals. Dreams and goals in your life, Right? There's, there's stuff that you want to do. You know, again, I don't know what they are. It could be dreams uh, about your, your relationship to your spouse or dreams about where you're going to live or dreams about being out of debt. I don't know, whatever it is. Your dreams and your goals. And you're hoping that one day those dreams and those goals will become a reality in your life. But you know as well as I do, you can say, I want this, but it's not going to become a reality until you decide to cross a bridge. And the bridge you have to cross, you basically have to cross it every day. And I'm going to call that bridge daily action. Duh. <laughs> okay? It's like, okay, that's a word from the Lord right there because that's not in my notes. Okay. All right. So, duh, you've got to act. You've got to act. Take, take some action. Okay? At some point, you've got to get up and move. Why? Because the, the biggest gap that exists today is between what we know and what we do, what we want and what we do. And so you have to start taking some kind of action. Which leads to another word. The third word is the word discipline. That's the third word. You make decisions, decide to take action, but at some point you have to exercise discipline in order to make that happen. What is discipline, by the way? Um, here's the simplest definition of discipline I've ever heard. Discipline is the ability to tell yourself what to do and to do it consistently. Not once in a while, not once every year, not two or three times a year, but to tell yourself what it is you're going to do and to do it. And again, it could be in any area of your life. Now, most people, when they think of discipline, how many of you think that's a negative word? Okay, how many of you think it's a positive word? 
Okay, all right, all right. I think discipline is a, is a, is a positive word, but we look at it negatively. Because sometimes people will say, I just don't want to do what I want to do. I don't want to have to do this. You know, I want to go where I want to go. I want to do what I want to do. I want to eat what I want to eat. You know, you can apply it in any area of life. And we think that's freedom, right? That sounds like freedom, but it's not. It's not. Real freedom is, is being able to exercise discipline and to be in control as God, you know, works through your life. And so discipline, because the reality is, when we don't exercise discipline and we talk about making every day a masterpiece and to give it back to God in that respect, sometimes discipline can sound painful. But let me, let me share with you what we have to understand. There's, there's two kinds of pain in life. There's the pain of discipline. How many of you would agree that sometimes discipline is painful? Sure. When you say, you know, I want to save money. Well, I'm not going to buy this. I want it. Oh, that hurts not to buy that. Or I'm going to go to the gym and work out. Oh, that hurts, you know, to do that. It's painful. Discipline can be painful. So there's the pain of discipline. There's also the pain of regret. The pain of regret. But what I see happen so many times is people, they, they, they don't want the pain of discipline, and so they end up suffering the pain of regret. The problem is you don't see the pain of regret until probably a year later, five years later, 10 years later, 15 years later. That's when the pain of regret shows up. And it's then we said, I wish I had started this 15 years ago. But I didn't have the discipline to do it. And so in order for you and me to make every day a masterpiece, I think it requires using the brain that God's given to us to make decisions, to choose, to step into action, and then to be disciplined every day. In Proverbs 20, verse 13, he says, don't, don't be too fond of sleep. You'll end up in the poorhouse. Wake up and get up, and then there'll be food on the table. And so how do I make every day a masterpiece? If, if today really is a gift that God has given to you, and I really believe it is, then how do you make it a masterpiece? And how will you make tomorrow a masterpiece? Let me give you four suggestions. Here's number one. I must start with myself. If somebody after the first service they said they came in and said, I'm going to start with, and they were filling the blanks ahead of time. What do you think they put in there? Coffee. Somebody put coffee. <laughs> I'm going to start with coffee. I think, that's good. You're right. Maybe I'll add a, a fifth one here. I'll just start with coffee. I'm going to start with coffee. But then I'm going to start with myself, okay? Not your spouse, not your children, not your grandchildren, not your neighbor, but start with yourself. I mean, all of us have people in our life, right, that we wish would get their act together, right? I mean, how many of you are sitting next to one right now, okay, that you just, well, I wish they would get their act together, okay? And, and since we're talking about it, okay, I'm, I'm going to give you a little break here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you, just turn to the person sitting next to you and say, I hope you're taking great notes because you really need this, okay? Okay, that's your opportunity to, to put it off on somebody else. But I encourage you, start with yourself. Quit, quit trying to change everybody else. And start with yourself. Again, I think, boy, that applies so much in so many different areas of life. But start with yourself. Here's number two. I must start early. Start early. Again, go back to make big decisions once and manage them on a daily basis. Start early. For those of you who are younger, and, and, and I'll let you determine what that is, okay? Because I know, I know the new 70 is, I mean, the new 70 is something like, like 50, and the new 60 is like 40 or something like that. At least we like to believe that. But 
start, start early. And for those of you who are like teenagers and young adults and stuff like that, man, I can't encourage you enough to, to make big decisions. Watch to figure out what those are and manage them on a daily basis. Start early. Here's number three. I'm going to start small. Start small. I love the principle that comes out of Zechariah 4.10. It says, do not despise these small beginnings. Don't despise small beginnings. Sometimes people want to go from here to here in a day, and it just doesn't happen. You've got to be committed to the whole process. That's why the discipline comes in. And be okay with starting small. I mean, think about it. Where did, where did Joseph get his start? In a pit, right? Thrown into a pit, sold into slavery. Where did David get his start? Tending sheep out on the pasture somewhere. He didn't go to being a king overnight. When I think about this church, Abundant Life Church, and where we got our start, that first summer that we met, there were only 50 people that met that summer. It's 50 of us meeting in this little small cafeteria over here off of Ritchie Road in the Pleasant Valley School. 50 people. Boy, those were the good old days. They really weren't. There was a lot of hard work and really strong. I mean, today's, today's the good old days right now because this is the greatest church in the world right here. Okay, this is the greatest church, at least in Portland and Vancouver. And so, but don't rest on your laurels, okay? But start small. It's okay to start small. And despise not the day of small beginnings. So start where you are, but, but be okay with starting small. And then here's the last one. I'm going to start now. I need to start now. Don't let another day go by without stopping and thinking, what really matters to me? How important is my walk with God? How important is my relationship to my spouse? How important is my relationship to my kids and grandkids? How important is, is it that I be a good steward of my money? How important is it that I stay healthy? How important are these things? Because most people, they don't give it a second thought, and they live life by default, and they wonder, why am I where I am 10 years from now? 10 years later, and nothing's ever changed. And so start now. I encourage you, go home today and, and begin thinking about what really matters. They say the best time to start anything, five years ago and today. So I encourage you to start today. Why do this series? Honestly, because every day is a gift that God has given to you. And you have no guarantee that tomorrow's going to be here. And so make this day a masterpiece. It is a gift God's given to you. And so as you hand it back to him at the end of this day, say, God, thank you for this day. And I did with it the best I could with the hopes of making it a masterpiece for you because it is a gift. I'm going to ask if you'd bow your head and close your eyes as we bring this message to a close today. And Father, as we bow before you today, we acknowledge that the gift of life is a tremendous blessing. It's a tremendous gift. It's a tremendous honor that, that you've blessed us with life and breath and health. But, Lord, I, I feel like sometimes we just take every day for granted, and, and sometimes we get stuck in the past, and we grieve over yesterday. We get stuck in the past, and we can't get on to the blessings that you have for us for today. Sometimes, God, we, we, we overestimate tomorrow and we, we start living only for tomorrow and we, we don't even recognize the gift that you've given to us today. And so, God, help us to recognize that this is the day 
you have made. And help us, Lord, to rejoice and to be glad in it and to live our life in such a way that it brings honor and glory to your name. Lord, we know that without Jesus Christ in our life, no day really matters because Jesus is the one who gives true meaning and purpose to life. He's the one who gives us a sense of purpose and direction in life. And so, Lord, today I pray that we would invite Jesus Christ to be the center of every part of our life, of our relationship with our family, with our spouse, with our friends, that, Jesus, you would be the center of our financial life, our our physical life, our mental life, our emotional life. Lord, would you be the center of every day? Now, there's some here today, perhaps, that have never received Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. And if that's you, I want to invite you today to say yes to Jesus. Jesus is the greatest gift you've ever been given. And God's desire for you is to receive that gift, but he won't force it upon you. If your desire today is to say yes to Jesus, and again, you may be at one of the campuses or you may be here at Happy Valley, to say yes to Jesus. And to do that, I want to invite you to repeat this prayer after me today. And for those of you who've made the decision to follow Jesus, would you also join in this prayer? Just simply repeat this. Father in heaven, today I receive your greatest gift, Jesus Christ. Jesus, you give my life meaning and purpose. And today I choose to follow you. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. And to empower me to live every day for you. I pray this in your name. Amen.